When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy, the goddamn show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Connor McSpadden. Connor. Back in the trap. Connor McSpadden, back in business. Well, you were on last week's episode, too. I was, yeah. And the week before that, since we're recording these out of order. Yeah. We did a Pizzagate episode. Yeah, that was a that was a fun one. Man, man, Laura knew a lot about Pizzagate. She really did. I feel like she came in a believer and left a skeptic. So that means we did our job on that day. But she really, it was like when you see someone show up to class with like all the little like page (laughs) markers and shit and they're asking the professor questions and you're like, well, I I was not taking this as seriously as you. You've really done your Pizzagate legwork. Yeah. I did a pod, a live podcast with Tom Goss once at the Improv. Oh Lab. yeah, yeah, he told me about that. And it was like a conspiracy theory thing, and I was really showing out because there were like <laughs> professors who were Russian experts and shit. And I was like, let's talk about the apartment bombings. Hey, Stuart Thompson's here also. <laughs> hey, good to be here. Hi, how's it going? I'm just I'm just peachy, man. I'm ready to talk about things that people get paranoid about. So I'm <laughs> it's 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 what we do here. This yeah. is we're gonna do a whole hour on. Is there something in your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? There always is. So I get why people would be. <laughs> what have I told you about those spinach bars? I mean, they're sure they're low carb, but healthy. At what cost is healthy worth it? That's the question. Yeah. So we're actually talking about the war on. Christmas. Did you guys get your draft letters? This I got week. mine. <laughs> I'm going insanity. I'm just going to go in there. Just I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to try and do an OCS program, see if I can be like an officer in the war on Christmas. No, I'm, 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 I'm just going to see if I can do podcasts. I'm going to go I'm gonna go in there and sing dreidel, dreidel, but I'm changing it to the N-word. <laughs> 5150, sure thing. I won't be proud of it, but I'll get out of there, you know? I feel like if you change it to the N-word, they might recruit you faster. That's yeah. true. To, to probably a different, more problematic war. <laughs> yeah, Tucker Carlson's like, he's perfect. <laughs> he is our Uberman. That's a good Tucker we have, Carlson. We have yeah. waited years for him. <laughs> the prophecy has been fulfilled. I've been watching too much Man in the High Castle. So I'm, it's a good uh, show. Yeah, is it good? Up. I tried to watch the first season, and I was bored as shit. I'm like, this is the coolest idea for a TV show, and you guys managed to make me not give a half a fuck about it. Yeah, you just you can't be on your phone when you watch it. You okay. miss too much. You got to pay attention because it's a, a lot of it's about the imagery. It's not about like the the writing. Uh, yeah, uh, it's yeah, not see, a good show. It just looks. I feel good. like I was watching it pretty close, and even then, I was kind of. I was like, I was more interested in like. I like the set design or like you know all that shit more. Yeah, than it I does liked. look neat. Yeah. If you're into Mad Men and Doomsday prepping, the Man the High <laughs> Castle is for you. Yeah, I mean I'm into one of those things. <laughs> did I ever tell my John Ham story on the show? No, you have not. Oh, okay, well, so we did Roast Battle season two. He was there, and um, 
Keith and I, we go outside and we're talking to Pat and Oswald a little bit. And we're big fans, and he was like very nice, and he he like recognized he'd watched the show, so he'd seen us. So we talked to him, and he's very sweet, and we're like so excited. And we uh, and he's very he's a really cool guy, and we we go upstairs, we're kind of like, wow, how cool is that? And we're like, yeah, that was really neat. And then uh, there's we hear this voice from the corner of the this dark room, sitting in a leather chair in a suit, drinking whiskey, just go, what are you guys so excited about? <laughs> and then uh, Keith goes, oh, we just met uh, Pat and Oswald, and he's really nice. You know, we're big fans. He's like, holy shit, you're John Hamm. And then John Hamm goes, you guys were that excited to meet Patton Oswalt? And then I said, uh, and I I just told him I was more of a Breaking Bad guy, and he got mad. (laughs) That's not much of a story, but that's... Sounds like John Hamm was being a dick. I guess, kind of, yeah. But I mean, I I also just, I've never seen anything he's in, so I had no impulse to try to impress him or be nice to him. He seems like like such a likable guy on screen. It, yeah, yeah. He was kind of well. It was he was just like torn from the fucking uh, uh, tableau of Matt. Like he was just drinking alone in a suit. Like <laughs> could not have been more on brand. And I was like, well, here's the deal. I don't give a shit if I'm ever friends with John Hamm. That's not going to happen anyway. So let's see how he reacts to someone just being a garden variety cunt to him because <laughs> he probably doesn't get that very often. The cunt dinger. We haven't employed it in a while. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know it's you been had a while. One. We do absolutely have one. It is a tradition here. So let's talk about the war on Christmas. If anyone wants to go read a very definitive article about the war on Christmas, you can find one on Snopes of all places, which I trust them about half the time. But Yeah, I, I trust them for apolitical things. Like, yeah. did this guy actually get beheaded when he jumped off the roof and hit this fence? Like, I think they can get to the bottom of that. Right. If it's anything where there is any kind of agenda behind it, I'm more, more like, mm, what's, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, for sure. And th- this article, it's called A History of the War on Christmas, appropriately enough, by David Emery. And, uh, <clears throat> I, love, I love his boards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the war on Christmas is a thing again because of Trump. Trump has... He's kind of re- reignited the war on Christmas dialogue. Brought it roaring back. That's yeah. what he was saying during the campaign. He was, tr- he was really big on saying, we're going to bring back Merry Christmas. Yeah, because remember when we were all banned from saying Merry Christmas in the United States? I did I did see a good fucking local car dealership commercial while I was out in Oklahoma with Tom. And we're watching that like free bunny, the new Bunny Ears TV where it's like the Grit Channel. Nine hours of cowboys and then ten hours of cowboys every day. Cowboy. So it was like one of those and we were watching it. Just I think we were watching like old Johnny Carson Tonight shows they were rerunning. Yeah. And the, one of the commercials was like... Well, Jefferson Ford here in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, we got the best selection of new new and used Fords, and we offer e- easy financing for the holidays. Come on down to Jefferson Ford. Jefferson Ford, keep Christ in Christmas. <laughs> we're just like, whoa, shit. It was just a, a normal from bad. Da- from yeah, downtown. Yeah, just a normal bad local commercial at the very end. It's just like uh, the fucking uh, Bush did 9-11. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like with him saying holidays at the end, someone like, in post caught that and was like no no say christmas yeah 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 couldn't they have just reshot it no it wasn't even i mean it was like vo'd in like they paid (laughs) a guy with a deep voice thousands of miles away to say keep christ in christmas and i would absolutely take that check no one's looking up the credits no one's going on fucking (laughs) seenit.com or whatever to make sure that i was the guy saying keep christ in christmas yeah of course i would love to see what other vo jobs he gets like it's like must be 18 or older to call the jews have all the money good night (laughs) no no uh yeah if you look at the ratio they have 80 percent of the world's wealth that doesn't seem like a coincidence to me uh especially since we almost fixed this problem there's not that many of them Yeah, this it this the war on Christmas as we know it right now started around 2004. Lots of lives lost 
Yeah. So far. <laughs> yeah. So many fallen soldiers. And it it. They, I, I went to the fucking Black Friday Walmart in Ontario with my buddies. Jesus, man, that's the kind of place where people die to Walmart. <laughs> that that oh, is exactly yeah. Ontario, California Walmart Black Friday. That is where the trampolines go down. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, man, there's gonna be there's gonna be a bloody one because I went. That's where you get a footprint on your shirt. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Amoeba Music on Black Friday, and it was just it was record store day, but there was no one there. Oh shit! Really? Because that's gonna be all like comics and musicians and shit who are out of town visiting yeah. family yeah during thanksgiving it's fucking great i'll bet yeah i was gonna read this is a, such a fucking long quote so i'm not gonna read that shit but bill o'reilly in 2004 on an episode of his show called for a boycott of federated department stores and a bunch of different outlets because they were instructing employees to say happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Yeah, I mean, it's like, these are businesses. They want they want everyone's money. So it's, right. It's in their best interest to say Happy Holidays. It's yeah. Not, it's like if you... Like you, if you offend a bunch, if like if you're one of those people who believes in like you, you know, let's ha put the Christ back in Christmas. Maybe you don't feel great about Jewish people, uh, but you're you probably might also be a capitalist who loves right. money. Yeah, maybe you would want those Jewish people's money. <laughs> or well, yeah, no, the fucking like cause corporations have no agenda aside from get bigger. Like that's yeah. the only thing they know how to do. So yeah. And that point, they don't give a fuck if you're Muslim. They give a fuck if you have money. You exactly. Know? That's yeah. why they like, yeah, they'll they'll say happy holidays, but they're not going to let homeless people shit in the bathroom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the when you really go f way back to where this started. One, unsurprisingly enough, kind of anti-Semitic, and by kinda I mean overtly, very much anti-Semitic are the roots of the war on Christmas. But also that point comes up where they're arguing that. Oh, stores are trying to kill Christmas. It's like stores aren't going to kill Christmas. That's when they make all their money. Yeah. yeah. Like who in the fuck would think that would be a valid talking point? And the answer is Henry Ford. Yeah, that's that's like Samuel L. Jackson, the fucking nine eleveding the Capital One headquarters. <laughs> like, what are you what are you talking about? Yeah, know where your butter's your bread's buttered, man. Yeah. yeah. This is a quote from Henry Ford. Who does everyone know? He was a huge anti semite. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that actually. Yeah, he was. I read this. I did a project on him in middle school, and then I it, the books I read neglected to mention the anti-Semitism. And then someone <laughs> someone sort of truthed it to me <laughs> like a year or two later. I was like, oh man. Yeah, it's really scrubbed from his story, and he wasn't like just sort of an anti-Semite. He wrote vocal about it. He wrote a series of pamphlets called. Well, now I feel a lot better about Calvin peeing on his logos. You know, <laughs> I feel like he deserves it. He wrote a series of pamphlets under the title "The International Jew: The World's Foremost Problem." <laughs> I'm picturing a really Jewish guy in the Austin Powers getup, just the International Jew, <laughs> equally hairy. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. It's just Ari Shafir in a fucking velvet jumpsuit. And this is a quote from Henry Ford in 1921: "Last Christmas." Christmas? Last Christmas, most people had a hard time finding Christmas cards that indicated any way that Christmas commemorated someone's birth. That's how everyone talked in the 20s. <laughs> yeah. Someone's birth. <laughs> Somebody was born that day. He's being very passive-aggressive about it. Mm, certain someone, maybe you've heard of him, Jesus Christ. Yeah, except he also capitalized someone's birth. 
Yeah. Even the some ones. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my bit with my family on Christmas is I don't get them an actual Christmas. I get them some other card. Like this last year, I was pretty proud of it. It was a happy birthday card, but I just wrote in Sharpie Jesus under it <laughs> to make it a Christmas card. It was fun. This is another quote from Henry Ford, uh, because in these pamphlets, he accused Jews of a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, this is him talking about Christmas in particular. Not only do the Jews disagree with Christian teaching, which is their perfect right, and no one dare question it, but they seek to interfere with it. It is not religious tolerance in the midst of religious difference, but religious attack that they preach and practice. The whole record of Jewish opposition to Christmas, Easter, and certain patriotic songs shows that. And he also accused Jewish store owners, uh, Jewish department store owners, of profiteering off Christmas while also trying to to destroy it. Why, that's why the part would, that makes no sense. Why would Jews have an issue with Easter? If you look at the graphs, they clearly own 90% of the world's chickens. <laughs> they're clearing it fucking, they're cleaning, uh, cleaning house on every Easter. <laughs> and if you come in my garage and have a, a Michelob Ultra with me, I'll yell at you and give you all the details. Yeah, they, this is, so this is him making that, trying to make that point that department store owners want to kill Christmas, which no, regardless of unfounded. ethnicity, race, Whatever. Yeah. No department store owner wants to kill Christmas. Hey, what do you say we go down to the uh, the shack and kill the golden goose? Does that sound like a good plan? <laughs> like that is yeah, where these fuck stores that goose. get mo- dumb Jew goose. <laughs> <laughs> Die. Like I think Walmart makes most of their money on Black Friday and during Christmas. Oh yeah, it's like that with like like I know comedy promoters who are like yeah you know I, I do all right for most of the year, but when, when New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day I make ten grand. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's just there are seasons for this shit. Yeah. Yeah, you got to you got to know when the money's coming in and if the money's coming in at this time you get you know you can sell all the kind of stuff you want for Christmas just maybe you don't want to put a nativity scene in the middle of your your breezeway. Right. Well, yeah, here's the thing. Uh, breezeways are stupid, first of all, <laughs> and nativity scenes are ugly. I, th- I find them aesthetically attractive. I'm just like, I don't want to fuck. Who gives a shit about this fake ass farm that you guys made up anyway? Like it's just uh, stupid. Well, it's also, you know, it's also historically been proven to be relatively inaccurate. You know, it's just like it's it's a story that's been changed and translated and discussed right. and, and sort of ruled by committee that this is what it is. Yeah. And because our minds are not able to accurately understand how people were truly living, because history doesn't come with smells, <laughs> among right. other things. We yeah. don't know. We don't know how some how this alleged jesus was born well i i like the uh the the secularization of the holiday shit even if it is for a crass commercial interest because it's like all the fucking religious holiday imagery just reminds me that i'm you know roommates in this country with 280 million dumb shits that get their morals from the bronze age and i just (laughs) just irritates me like with all the fucking noel and yada yada i just i don't know it's stupid the Noel and yada yada. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like any of that another stuff. pamphlet brought to you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, it's if you're making your own pamphlets, you're definitely racist. Oh yeah, I think for we sure. can agree. You know, that's the pamphlets are really just zines for guys that want to <laughs> kill black guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so that's kind of where this all starts is mm-hmm. with Henry Ford, which not surprising that it comes out of some anti-jew he got that hatred right off the assembly line yeah (laughs) into the public eye and so it it started there and i suppose it just kind of festered for a few decades people didn't think about it much and then in the 1950s uh being religious in this country really fucking took off which i get i don't know maybe people 
converted during World War II. Like, you know, maybe we're all going to die. We better get right yeah. with the Lord. I can, well, I I'm, think everyone kind of had a lot of, like, the 1950s, you know, the Korean War aside was sort of a second era of good feelings where everyone right. was just kind of like, well, yeah, we, we're doing Like, there was a lot of, like, you know, n- nice American sentiment. The economy was doing well. We had all these new highways and jobs. Yeah. And people had families after the war. So it's like, yeah, that's the kind of fucking people that are going to go be religious. So right. it kind of yeah. tracks to me just as a natural phenomenon. Yeah, and if you had gone through such a harrowing, harrowing war, whether it was in Europe or in the Pacific, and you got out of there, you'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll – I'll thank someone. Well, yeah, and you, and, right. and you go home to your like, you know, union eight hour a day, pay for my entire family and their college Ugh. factory job, where I just press a button and make a shitty, you know, toothpaste the cap, yeah. and then you and you, I would kiss the fucking ground every morning to be a, a white guy that just like fought in World War Two in the fifties and didn't die. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, I've got night terrors, but oh my god, have you? I paid this mortgage off in like twelve <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah, that when people want to go back to simpler times. That's the only part I really want, where just having a normal-ass job was enough to set you up for life. Yeah. Yeah, just a regular job was enough to live on. Well, there's yeah. there's no good jobs left anymore. Like, the, the big pipe dream from, from where I'm from is like, oh, I'm going to get uh, – just I'll work at the UPS center, and you work your way up from factory line guy to delivery guy to, you know, you get an office job, and they got a really great program. There's offices all over the country. You can live wherever you want. And like, I'm like, that's not – they still make you dress like Steve Irwin to remind <laughs> you where your fucking bread is buttered. They're still like, hey, yeah, we'll give you benefits, but you got to look like a fucking ass clown giving people boxes yeah. of shit from Amazon. Like, like, there are no good jo- – none of these people care about you. There's no fucking it's a, it's, decent way to make a living outside of podcasting, in my opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> I think every, every – Podcasting, I, comedy. Touring comedy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just – can make a living on the road, everybody. Come to L.A. Get into it. Get well, involved. That's what I like. That's what I like about comedy because I really did think about this a lot when I was younger. It's like, I want a job, but it seems like every job indirectly kills people. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, what yeah. are the jobs that aren't evil? I'm, yeah, it's unless you want to work for like a gigantic corporation. I I talk about it with my my family because you know I I went to a great school and I still chose comedy after that you know and to, as a pursuit. And my 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 mom said to me, "It's like if you wanted a job at Apple right now, we know people you could have that." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, but I mean, like I don't I'm I'm I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Let me yeah, at least give this. A I shot. don't want to work for Skynet. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I know? quit my day job." over 10 years ago to just write and do comedy full time and ended up when it comes to writing. I also wanted to not work in an office. And by the time my my writing career with Cracked ended, I was in an office and working for the biggest fucking corporation. Yeah. Like it was scripts, which I, which uh, rumor has it is a CIA front organization. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like the right, podcast to bring that up on yeah but the crinkling you're hearing is the tinfoil lining adam's head yeah i mean i would like to believe i got fired by the cia yeah that's amazing he's getting too close yeah Yeah. that's all i want in life to have been secretly fired you thinking that you got fired by the cia is like most guys being like i could have gone pro if i didn't tear my acl when we went to state i really could have i mean i had offers i had scholarships to georgia state i mean i was fucking in there exactly yeah so yeah the other thing about the the 1950s and people turning to religion, I feel like some people need an enemy. Like yeah. they need something to, something to fight, fight against. Yeah, something to fight for and against. And maybe that's the devil for some people. Yeah. 
So maybe that's, that was well, yeah, cause part of it. Like in the 1950s, life was so you know good comparatively to you know the the you know, p- previous times. It was right. just like we got to find a problem here. Yeah, uh, you, you know, <laughs> uh, I had fucking food, plenty of it, jobs everywhere. Uh, I don't know. Let's go with the idea of evil. We should be able to chew on that for a bit. <laughs> yeah. This illusory figure that we can never quite find. Oh, yeah. That's, but that's, lives in all of us. That's the real money foe. If you can find yourself an illusory figure, you know, be it an ethnic group or a, oh, some yeah. sort of moral failing, then you can get people to do anything. Yeah. And then that's kind of what this turned into in the 1950s. Again, relating to Christmas, even back then there was a movement to, quote, put Christ back in Christmas. And so that's the next era in history where the war on Christmas pops up again. This was a, I think this might have been another pamphlet that was sent out by the National Council of the Churches of Christ in 1955. It is expected that public schools shall teach that religion is an essential aspect of our national heritage and culture, that this nation subsists under the governance of God, and that our moral and ethical values rest upon religious grounds and sanctions. To do otherwise would be to distort history. No, no, that's not true. No, it's I mean, it it makes sense that those people would say that the National Council of the Churches of Christ. Right. Those those seem like the type of people who would say under the governance of God. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Where you really got to get get down underneath that little shelf at the bottom of your throat. God. God. (laughs) Me and my old roommate, Opie, we used to just why we used to just when we passed each other in the hall, just go do the God bless America. God damn America. It's in the Bible. (laughs) It's just my favorite thing to say in that voice. (laughs) Yeah, this. So what happened when this started coming up was obviously (coughs) Jewish organizations, all sorts of religious organizations that weren't Christians were like, no, you can't do this. It's separation of church and state. Yeah, it's clearly stated. It, it, it's so funny how, you know, even like church organizations will be like, yeah, no, we totally believe that. That's what our, our country was founded on. They're like, but you guys don't pray in school, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. No, well, that was, um, I no this, boundaries. I read this really good Ronald Reagan <laughs> book called The Invisible Bridge. It's about him challenging Ford for the nomination in 76. And uh, he had this line. He would, like the, it said the biggest uh, like applause line in his stump speech. And it was like, it was like you know maybe if we could get you know all this uh, eco friendly educa- education out of out of schools, we might have some room to get God back in. And then people would just go, ah, just go ape shit. Yeah, there was there was a real maybe push. we could get God back in. Ah, just fucking crushing. <laughs> yeah, that's in what... like musical parody at the Looney Bin in fucking Arkansas level, just destruction. <laughs> like you can <laughs> yeah. see the speeches; it's kind of interesting. Yeah, there was a real like Reagan is the one who made conservatism such a big thing well, in yeah, this country. It kind of started with Nixon, but. Well, and Willie Met Buckley was the pers- was the driver behind Reagan's right. you know, ascent to the presidency. Yeah, yeah, that guy, that guy, fucking um, ah, fuck, what's his name? I forget. It. But he he did Nixon Land and Invisible Bridge, and there's one before that. Uh, but it's like uh, it kind of goes from Barry Goldwater on to like the uh-huh. modern Republican Party. It's very interesting about how like Barry Goldwater, you know, lost twice, and he was just sort of the uh, the martyr for the whole idea, and was you know the guy that sort of kicked it all off. Yeah. Um. This is, let's read this quote quick. This is from the John Birch Society. This is still in the 50s, 1959. Oh, these cunts are still around, too. Yeah, that's the thing. This is kind of the first moment where, like, a modern 
kind of right-wing movement that we still is around and exists today takes the mantle and starts running with the war on Christmas. I mean, besides the Nazis and Henry Ford, Nazis yeah. are obviously still around. But uh, this is the John Birch Society. One of the techniques now being applied by the Reds to weaken the pillar of religion in our country is the drive to take Christ out of Christmas. To denude the events of its religious meaning, the UN fanatics launched their assault on Christmas in 1958, but too late to get very far before the holy day was at hand. They are already busy, however, at this moment on efforts to poison the 1959 Christmas season with their high-pressure propaganda. What they now want to put over on the American people is simply this. Department stores throughout the country are to utilize UN symbols and emblems as Christmas decorations. What? Yeah. What yeah, a, that's a what a nutter. That's a that's a bit bit much. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's fucking the, the, a lot of times with people. It's just like you can't the, the the shit with this is like you you can't argue with their facts, but you can argue with their conclusion. It's like well, yeah, they're secularizing the holiday season, and it's a uh, fucking and then you go yeah yeah they are you know and then and they're like they're doing it because and you're like right. oh no 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 no. <laughs> I, I was with like so like they'll they'll fucking they'll talk and they'll be reasonable for you know thirty five seconds yeah and then you, you're kind of listening going okay seems like he's just saying what's going on and then like when they start fucking piecing it together with whatever narrative they're trying to build that's when you have to like be a discerning you know consumer of information yeah absolutely what boggles me is so so much is that these people feel like they're the arbiters of morality whereas right. like I I celebrate Christmas and Easter. You know, I celebrated it with my family growing up, but it, it's not. There's no. There was no religion attached to it. You know, we don't pray before dinner. You know, there's. We never went to church on any of these holidays. It was just a reason to spend time with family. And so, although we were celebrating cr Christian holidays, you know, it's very secular in that it's like I, they feel like you. You can't have morality by without praising Jesus and God. Right. It's like. Yeah. You can you can have these secular secularized you know you know holidays like Christmas, but it's like you can't get morality from anywhere else. It, I, it seems really insecure on their part to just right. be so befuddled by all this. Yeah, like I really think one of the most important things in in life is to sort of synthesize your own kind of beliefs because it's an easy thing to do to hear someone say something smart that resonates with you and go well, i'll just go with whatever that guy thinks right and there are people like i haven't read all that jordan peterson shit but it's like it seems like pretty garden variety like fucking yeah clean your room and start the day a little earlier maybe do some light exercise in the morning and you'll and you'll have some momentum to start your day and people go like yeah you know i started doing that and i felt a lot better and furthermore women are cancer <laughs> you know like because i like you can oh you got me on the fourth point damn it <laughs> yeah like like i know people in my life that have given me tremendous advice and then also tried to get me to start some horrible small business. You know, it's just like you have to sort yeah. of be discerning because a lot of people want that dad figure I talk about a lot on here where they just want some guy to, like, just let them know what they have to think. That just be my dad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the old Bill Hicks bit about uh, Bill O'Reilly, I think. It's one of, the, one of those, like, conservative guys are still around. It's like, do you need a dad? Like, it's like people just need dads. <laughs> so, I don't know. you got to fucking just, I don't know, be discerning. Yeah, and it what all of this boils down to in every one of these cases so far, it's either it's mostly just separation of church and state. It's yeah. not and and, and again, with, people, that's like all the fucking first like people taking issue with like we had three good ideas in the Constitution and looked, oh let's get those yeah. out there. Yeah, and with Christmas, like it's it feels kind of hypocritical to me to to be mad that it's being secularized. Now that people are saying, well, let's say happy holidays when like were there presents involved in the initial 
like celebration of Christmas, it's been commercialized for a long time. And like if you're devout enough to care about people still saying Christ in Christmas, you should also be mad that I can buy a fucking PlayStation for super cheap at Christmas. Yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're a true Christian, you don't like rich people. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't have any savings. You give all your money to those in need. And yeah. You, you, if you're like a fundamentalist. If you're if Christian. you are if, I mean if you are a Christian to the letter of their doctrine, then yeah, you know, or and you actually follow what Jesus claimed to put out there, is like you would be you would have no interest in all this like Black Friday shopping and what these companies these yeah money hungry companies are doing. You'd be dr- you you'd know, find it crass. Yeah, you would. And, and you, you wouldn't meet want those to associate kind of, yourself with. Them. Yeah, and you meet those kind of people, and they're nice as shit. They're really like you know you like I've I've met people like that where they're just like oh yeah whatever dope Christians. Do. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're <laughs> fine. You know yeah, yeah I get along. I've met with a them. bunch. I live next door to them. I, my parents live next door to this. We live next door to the fucking Flanders family, and they're just like they're always like hey saw your car like were on just thought i'd let you know just like the most helpful yeah. fucking people you know like one time my house was flooding and like i didn't know what the fuck to do i was like 15 i went over there the guy Dwayne gives me the tool i need to go turn the water off in the front and just they're just great neighbors and they're not lovely people you know are they're they like, white yeah they're shockingly a Dwayne. yeah Dwayne, wow yeah <laughs> wow That's Dwayne impressive. and holly are believe it or not caucasian <laughs> I, I don't know how it worked out but <laughs> that is impressive yeah so we were just talking about Reagan and conservatism, and one thing that's really interesting about the the key moments in the war on Christmas is the entirety of the 80s, when America in general, like, people, some, I think people sometimes forget, Reagan won 49 states in 1984. Yeah. I, My, what, did, what did fucking... Um they got McGovern win. He just won like Mondale won. A Mondale, Mondale, uh, yeah. Minnesota, because that's where he was. From. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just got one. Oof. And my dad even voted for Reagan, and his job was shipped out of the country. Like, oh shit! Within a year and a half of Reagan getting reelected, that was a good old Dennis Miller bit when he was talking about one of those Reagan elections. He's like, his opponent got a uh, three electoral votes. Man, that's only three more than me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, shit, that's a really good joke. How about that, babe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a decisive win. I'm old enough to remember election night in 1984. Yeah. And I remember watching that election. And the country was overwhelmingly in favor of Reagan. And that meant the country was overwhelmingly in favor of conservatism in general. Because he had swag, dude. That's it. it all comes down to swag. Yeah, yeah he had that a- actor confidence, bro. Do you remember? There's a fucking debate where he was kind of like he was be, just be, he was a little off and just kind of forgetful and like yeah, he had Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah. He was <laughs> yeah. fucking he was fucking it up. And then the next one, he you know he he just he just like got his fucking guys together and wrote up with some one liners. You know, he's like, I plan to show my youthful vigor in this campaign, and I'm going to all 13 states. You know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's he's like that's a good joke. The old you're you're no Jack Kennedy. The uh, you're no Jack Kennedy. I you know no you're you're no Thomas Jefferson. I knew Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> you know, just like people just wrote him a bunch of like fucking you know like joke book ass. I'm old jokes. And everyone was like, oh, but he knows, so it's fine. <laughs> of course, we'd have this senile, evil, fucking money grubbing asshole run the country for another four years. He was such a fucking monster. Oh, he's a goddamn yeah. Like the stuff he did. I wish that I wish that fucking. Uh, yeah, that taxi driver guy had had bought a real gun. <laughs> yeah, 
Like the stuff he did, especially with the AIDS crisis. That's if I could go back in time. I would just leave an envelope with $600 <laughs> on that guy's porch. <laughs> Have at. Yeah, that, like the AIDS Yeah, not, stuff addre- not addressing that it was a thing. They didn't use the word AIDS until like 87. Oh, yeah. Publicly. And then in, the, in that press conference, I think the press secretary, like the whole thrust of it was like, yeah, that's why you shouldn't be gay. <laughs> yeah. Dumb shit. Like was it was like, just very dismissive. Yeah. Someone asked him about AIDS and the guy was like, why are you asking about AIDS, Larry? Yeah. And it's like, geez, because like 5,000 people died last year yeah, by that point. Yeah, it's killing people by the, the truckload. Yeah. If anything else and killed that, that many people in a year. You'd think they want to talk about it more because they did invent it. You know, exactly. I, if I invented AIDS, exactly. I'd be proud. I would want to. I'd be, yeah, I'd be proud of your achievements. I'd never shut up about it. <laughs> My son will not stop talking about his new toy that he made. <laughs> I, I just go to the store and shit with a hat that said like AIDS established 1982, you know, and I'd just be like, oh, this. Yeah. Well, I was on the I was on the dev team. You know, yeah. I did some I did some work uh, on the <laughs> spin that into a whole cro- clothing line. Yeah. 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 That was Silicon Valley before Silicon Valley. It was, yeah. It did uh, kill black people and gays. Size project. small only. Uh, <laughs> that was dark. You'll grow into it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the Supreme Court in the 80s, because I think with all the talk of how conservative the country was in the 80s, it's really interesting the the decisions the Supreme Court made Throughout that decade. Yeah, in the 80s with head justice Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo, who (laughs) had some interesting opinions on uh, personal property, on uh, search rights. Uh, It made a lot of consequential rulings. Uh, In 1980, the Supreme Court ruled that posting the Ten Commandments in public schools is unconstitutional. Short for unconstitutional. <laughs> I do wish. Th- I hope they have a whole lingo in the Supreme Court where they just yeah. Sort of like yeah. We're thinking obscene scene. You know that's un- <laughs> unconstitutional. <laughs> uh, 1985. They ruled that Alabama's moment of silence statute was unconstitutionally biased in favor of prayer. I don't know what that means, but apparently War on Christmas types didn't like it. Uh, 1987. They ruled against the teaching of creation science alongside evolution in school curriculums. And in 1999 or 1989, they ruled that it's unconstitutional to erect a nativity scene on public property. And I think that on the one hand, that is surprising, but I bet a lot of it has to do with how conservative the country became during that time and people being feeling emboldened to push lawsuits like this. Yeah, totally. I, I, it's, it's so strange that people were it's like, we need to push religion and all these other places. Like, you know, people, if you want to go somewhere to learn something, you go to the place where you, they have experts. If you want to go to, right. If you want to learn about math and science and and grammar, you go to school where they have experts who teach you those things. If you want to learn about this this God and this Jesus that people are talking about, you go to the you go to the place where people have you know their experts you go to you right. go to a church jesus school yeah, yeah you go to jesus school you know all my chinese friends want, when they wanted to learn mandarin they went to chinese school because they didn't have that in the school right you go to where those experts are it just seems so strange that like it's like no we need to we need to put this everywhere that's like right i don't i and especially with church too i mean most churches have some form of bible study yeah that, yeah and if, you, and if you go to towns outside of major metropolitan areas there's churches everywhere they're oh, all yeah. there's over churches the everywhere here oh for sure yeah 
I mean, I, that's, what, that's what I did when I was a kid. I was afraid of dying. So I was like, maybe I'll believe in God. And I went to church like twice, and I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever... <laughs> I hate these people. I'm bored. Yeah. I went to a... I've told this story a few times. Uh, I went to a non-denominational church in Mazomany, Wisconsin. That's a great name. In my early 20s. Yeah, Mazomany. That sounds like a brand of cigarettes they only sell on Indian reservations. <laughs> it was next to... <laughs> All these Mazomanies, it's like Baba Hair and fiberglass. <laughs> it was next to Black Earth, Wisconsin, which was called that because the soil was because pu- very dark black. I thought it was because Public Enemy moved there, and they were trying <laughs> to start their town. <laughs> but I was working this overnight job at a grocery store with a dude uh, I called Italian Neil, who had moved from Connecticut... Uh, to the middle of Wisconsin, and he just, like, lost his fucking mind. But he moved there to get married, and his wife's family, who they lived with, was super religious. Mm. And we would work overnight, and he would go to church, but he would also make these huge Italian feasts every Sunday. <laughs> I like to believe he wasn't even Italian, that he just he was just like a Japanese guy. He was, was just like, he was yeah. very Italian. Italian <laughs> as fuck. He was super Italian. One of those guys who's like so Italian it's offensive. You're like, yeah. you're, you're enforcing so many stereotypes. Yeah, kind this of. Is, you got to be a bad look. <laughs> this feels, it feels like a lot. There's a lot of Italian. It's just overwhelming where you're just like, oh, you, you see a picture of him, you're like, is that garlic I smell? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And to, to get to that feast, I would have to go to church with him Mm. so we would get high after work because we worked overnight we would just get super high and then go to church and sit in the balcony and be all weed paranoid and think every sermon was about us it was actually kind of fun (laughs) and at one point they asked people if they wanted to be saved and the thing they pushed in this church was once you're saved it can't be undone like nothing you do like i could fucking murder connor right now but you're saved and according to this church i'm saved and I was like, fucking, si- like, why wouldn't you yeah. sign up for that? Just as an insurance policy. Yeah. Like, and I, so I, I went down and they, we, we did the talk and the guy was like, you're saved now. And I was like, tight. And then I think I went to that church three or four more times <laughs> and I've never been to church again. Well, you, you got the, you, it's when you go to the Jiffy Lube and you're like, I'm going to get the good shit this time. I got yep. 10,000. I'm saved. So I got, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, fine. I, I don't just, have to think about this for a I good just minute. did that at the car wash because I, fi- I haven't been able to drive my car forever and I yeah. finally can again. So I went and got it washed and I was like, Give me, that, give me that clay wax. Yeah, bleach the fucking mats, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting detail on these rims. Hell yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that, again, it's all that stuff that happens in the 80s. That's not a war on Christmas. That is, like, just because Christmas is when you roll out all your most religious items to display them to people, that doesn't mean it's a war on Christmas by enforcing separation of church and state. But somehow, uh, throughout all of this, the actual term, the war on Christmas, no one managed to coin that term until, until the year 2000. Which seems weird to me. Seems like a long time coming. Yeah, it seems like someone would have come up with it. It was actually... Well, there's already a precedent for the war on some idea. You know, the war on crime, the war on drugs. You know, this coincides with the war on terror. This was a a comfortable trope that the country was in by the time this was properly coined. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think the war on probably comes from the war on drugs, right? 
which was I believe so. I, I, a Nixon I, I, term. I can't think of any time before that where we just had a war on an idea as a right. as a country. We won the war on drugs, right? I think so. It's over. Well, declaring. I, I a feel war- like it was a tie. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm winning the war on drugs every fucking morning when I wake up. Hell yeah. No, de- <laughs> yeah, dog. <laughs> declaring war on concepts is really where it's at because it's like the jurisdiction is limitless. Like terror. I don't know. Yeah. You yeah. Could, you it's could a- declare war in the guy that wrote Saw if you really wanted to be creative about it. It's about as effective as the guy shadow boxing in the produce aisle at 3 a.m. at Ralph's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like he's fighting a ghost and uh, he he wins when he says he wins. We must go to the same Ralph's because I know that can't. <laughs> on Glendale? <laughs> that Ralph's is a fucking halfway house with vegetables in it. That place is awesome. <laughs> I'm talking about the rock and roll one. On oh, Sunset okay. Boulevard, oh, but that I, one's great. But, I saw Angeline. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me believe that every grocery store in the greater Los Angeles area has their own shadow boxer yeah. that shows up at about you know twelve forty five in the in the evening. Yeah. Oh, and they have like a union where there's like just a dispatch station. It's like, are you kidding me? Stater Brothers and Van Eyes for this money? Go fuck yourself. I like being around pears. Yeah, I want I want the good ones. Some of them Chinese ones. <laughs> Those are good pears. Oh, yeah. Aiko Tanaka got me on that shit. Asian pears? I did a gig with her, and she was like, we have to stop at store. If I don't eat pear, I die. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a, sounds like a ISIS. I'm doing a 20% less racist Ico Tanaka impression. She's the funniest bitch ever. It's good for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Stuart got it. The last person I saw shadow boxing was Damon Wayans. <laughs> he did. Junior or senior? Uh, senior. Whoa. I was, I was producing a show at Westside Comedy Theater a few years ago, and Damon Wayans dropped in. Yeah, he shows up there. He dropped in as if he was in 1987, walked through a door, and it was the stage in 2014. Yeah. Because his set was just, it was the most homophobic, awful. <laughs> like, we took a picture at one point, and he yelled at the guy and was like, Are you taking video to ruin my career? <laughs> it's like, Are you telling me? I'm just trying jokes? to come down here and blow off some steam and tell you guys how I really feel about these swishy guys out there wearing their pink pants. Go fuck. Yeah, pull them up. And meanwhile, he's dressed like Paul Mooney and has material <laughs> that's as offensive as Eddie Murphy's. No, I'm just imagining he's doing Dennis Leary's act. How about coffee-flavored coffee? How about that? You know? <laughs> yeah, he and he bombed pretty hard. And then he came back two weeks later, and before the, his set was fucking shadow boxing in the corner and came out and fucking murdered. Oh, I maybe that's it. Maybe that's what he needed. He forgot to shadow box. Oh, <laughs> I got to get the blood flowing. There's nothing funnier. And I've, someone tweeted this a long time ago, but I think about it all the time. When someone limbers up right before they go bomb, you know, yeah. like people are stretching. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I want to make sure. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I got to make sure my hamstring's loose for this bomb. <laughs> so, yeah, this term, it was coined by conservative author Peter Brimelow, who is a forefather of our current white nationalist political movement, the the alt-right, if you will. He used the phrase in a December 2000 website post. Bill O'Reilly called it a national emergency in 2004. And then this guy named John Gibson writes a book called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought. Jeez, that's a long title. It's a very long title. Is that two books? <laughs> <laughs> and they, this book was featured on a Fox News segment, and it actually dealt more with stuff like people thinking hanging a picture of Santa Claus was unconstitutional. Yeah. When it's like, no, it's not that. It's not a war on Christmas. It's a 
it's it's church and state. Yeah, that's yeah. of course unconstitutional because Santa is property of Coca Cola, and you got <laughs> exactly fucking those polar bears want the rent. <laughs> but Bill O'Reilly took the fact that this book was published and just kind of ran in a war on Christmas angle with it. And what's really interesting at one point he remember he he was. Ask, calling for boycotts throughout most of the mid 2000s. If you didn't, I mean, agree yeah. with George Bush, he was going to ask people to boycott you. Yeah, <laughs> we need to boycott Steve in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, France. Remember, he wanted us to boycott France. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it... they they started calling like uh, French fries. Like people started freedom calling fries. Yeah, freedom fries. Well, because they didn't join the coalition. Well, the because, coalition yeah. was just uh, you know uh, the, the United States and. England, kind of. Fucking Australia, I think. A little, yeah. There's space like six guys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's all we have. Yeah. <laughs> and Everyone else is surfing. We've only got two cities. <laughs> At one point, he... Most of them are full of people huffing petrol. <laughs> Not exactly first-class troops. We'll do our best. <laughs> he, uh, he launched a naughty list of retailers that should be boycotted. Oh, how Christmas-like of him. Excellent branding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Including Sears, Kmart, Kohl's, Target, Walmart, and Costco. No one fucking shops at Kohl's. I've been hoping that uh, Kohl's yeah, and Kenneth Cole would merge to just become Kenneth Kohl's. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, I think that, that might bring a little more. That would be cool. A few more shoppers. One of my there. bits in my head was whenever I'd see a piece of Calvin Klein stuff with a CK monogram on it, I'd just imagine Louis CK wearing it in like a black and white, like artsy <laughs> lookbook photo. My Calvins. Casually. Just like, oh. his, t- his tummy's just like brimming. From yeah, the yeah. Other oh. part of the it's shirt. just, it always, I, every time I see it, I think about it. It makes me, that's a good inside your head bit if you guys want to enjoy that one. It's, 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 go ahead. Him just posing with the Kardashians. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's just him. But they make it look like they get, like, they have Blake Griffin or something, but it's just. <laughs> Louis being fat as shit. Uh, I like that Kmart's on this list. There's a Kmart walking distance from me, and every time I pass it, I'm like, huh, there's still a Kmart here. Oh, they still make yeah. that model? Yeah. Oh, the blockbuster of and buying bad shit. You underestimate how much shit they don't have until you're inside a Kmart. I went there looking for sous vide bags, which every – As on. you do. You're yeah. a department store. you got to have a sous vide bag. What's a sous vide bag? Well, uh, it's for like it's kind of like pressure cooking, but it's a little bit different. It's right? uh, it's a a method of slow cooking that just uses really just kind of warm water mm-hmm. and the motion of the water to cook food, and then you take it out and sear it, finish it on the stovetop or in the oven, and it it you cooks in, meat fucking perfect. Oh, okay. you put them in these bags, and that's what the soup yeah. bags are. Interesting. And uh, I needed some, and I went to Kmart. None. They had sous vides, but no sous vide bags. Like that's 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 an oversight for a retailer. Yeah, I mean, so boycott them for that. Yeah, I agree. And aside aside from and they didn't have typewriter ribbons. What the fuck am I even <laughs> here for? <laughs> aside from Costco, like uh, most of these stores are, you know, economically considered inferior goods. So I mean, it's it's going to be places that like a lot of people who are not doing well will shop at. But it, you know, if they're people who are also not doing well and they also happen to be you know super Christian or super right wing. You know, it's it's really gonna you know be a moral dilemma for them, right? Yeah, and because well, they have more the, money, because they sort of play the game, you know. And a lot of people yeah. just don't really want to. I'm one of them. I don't like the rules that you've put into play. I'm, I, I would 
I would gladly, you know, burn my social security card tomorrow if I could. I don't like the, that I had that. I was just born into this and I have to put up with it. But it's like, yeah, they're just like goody two shoes. They're just like, well, yeah, then I'll, uh, you know, I'll show up early to work so I can make nine fifty an hour. And then <laughs> they do that for 35 years. And then they've all of a sudden they got all the fucking money, you know, and yeah. that's they're They're the people that can make the decisions to keep these kind of places, you know, the humming. During yeah. This time. Uh, and it seems like the, it, his boycott kind of worked. Because not long after that boycott, Federated Department Stores officially encouraged employees to greet customers with Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. And most of the department stores that he called for boycotts on also did the same thing shortly thereafter. At which point he declared victory and then kept saying there was a war on Christmas for like another 10 years after that. <laughs> yeah, the thing though that w- about department stores saying Merry saying Merry Christmas. I know like it's I, I've said that it's so it's important for companies to secularize because they want people's business. But if I'm at JC Penny, for example, and they say Merry Christmas as I'm leaving the cash register and I'm not super Christian, I don't it doesn't offend me greatly. It's just like just don't Yeah. Just I don't, don't I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, it's yeah like, I'm not I, offended whatsoever. Yeah, I don't care. And I think I'm sure there's plenty of you know Jewish people and Muslim people who also don't care. They're just buying things like, okay, that's their deal. They don't know who I am. Fine. Yeah. We don't need to have a conversation about it. I'm just saying just don't tell my children as they're going through school that evolution's not real. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's much more substantial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got to pee, but just do it without me. I'll be right back. Go for it. I, it, it's, it blows my mind that, you know, that also that people get offended when people don't say Merry Christmas, and that people do get offended when people say Merry Christmas. It's like you, the best you can do is just like, hey, that's not my thing, but uh, good on you. Yeah, and I, I, I appreciate the sentiment. Sure, you wish that I have a happy December twenty fifth. Yeah, Fine. I wonder pretty regularly how many people are actually getting offended, opposed to it being like one person makes a YouTube video, then that YouTube video gets played on Fox News, and now people are offended. Yeah. But before that, it, like, I think this is a case where a lot of people need to be told that they should be offended before yeah. they actually are. Yeah, and if you're an immigrant who's listening or you're the son or daughter of immigrants and you are uh, you want to feel like you belong and you feel like your culture has not been accepted, then I – I, I can understand as best as I can understand. But like right. I also feel like there's a contingent of people who are immigrants who are very eager to assimilate and they want to celebrate Christmas because that's it's more of an American holiday than it is even a Christian holiday. Right. This is a consumer thing now. Yeah, absolutely. My my buddies one of my oldest friends is from his parents are from Iran. They came to America in the seventies or eighties and they and he's you know, we grew up going to school together and his family's technically Muslim. I mean, by like their heritage and everything. Right. But they always had a, a fucking Christmas tree. I know atheists house. who yeah. buy Christmas trees. Yeah, every it's year. it's fun. It's fun to decorate a tree sometimes. Yeah, it's fun. To, it's fun to give give gifts to people you care about. And that's all. I think that's all that. I'm with you on the trees, not the gifts. I don't. Yeah. I don't think you should show people too much affection. It's, it's you know. You know. I know you're not as much of an affection guy. As if you I give like, a mouse a cookie, Stuart. I, mean, <laughs> I like getting teach gifts. a man to wrap gifts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and he and he was wealthy for a lifetime. No, I mean the answer again. Again, with most like dumb fights, is the answer should be who gives a shit. <laughs> and I th- and yeah. I th- I feel like if you were to talk to most of these like non Bill O'Reilly type anchors, most of, even the ones at Fox News, I'm sure plenty of them don't give a shit. No. They're just they're handed a memo of like here's what you got to say 
and but and it does, but then the, there's people who are who believe them. They believe right. the rhetoric, yeah, yeah. and they, you know, they're kind of like the people you were talking about earlier, Connor, who are just like, well, this is what this guy or gal says, so I'm just going to follow blindly yeah, yeah. into the night. Well, and you think, and it's exciting to think that there's someone out there who's out to get you. Yeah, that's a motivating force. Yeah, you build if a hero you, complex. All yeah, that yeah. Because even if you're casually a Christian, you're just like, well, they're coming after. Well, my family's been all the way since the Mayflower. You know, and it's just yeah. like, shut your fucking mouth. Like Wed- it doesn't matter. You it's idiot. a it's a wedge issue. Yeah. it's the kind of thing you can rile up. It's like abortion. Like mm-hmm. it's a thing you can insert into the discussion to rile people up in a specific way for mostly for votes what's that great uh you know the, the politics is the entertainment division of the uh, military industrial complex is yeah that, uh, the hunter s thompson thing which is one of those guys where he says some good quotes but you feel like a douche every time you quote him oh absolutely <laughs> but uh it really, yeah there, it is just like the six things where it's like other than that we're on more or less on the same team about the capital gains tax and you know all these things yeah but it's like yeah let's just uh i don't know you guys take this side of that one we'll take that side and we'll just duke it out you know yeah certainly hunter s thompson what a dick that guy was. Oh, yeah? You know, he killed him. He called his wife when he killed himself. He was like, so she heard it. Oh, yeah. Phone. Have you ever read that suicide note? Yeah. One of the best suicide notes. Yeah. It's <laughs> astonishingly well written. Well, yeah, football season's over. It's a quick read. It's like yeah. a paragraph. Go, right. go check it out if you haven't. It's good stuff. Okay. I get it. I'm a football fan. So uh, let's close on a really interesting side note in all of this. There is one time throughout history when Christmas was actually banned, and it was banned by Christians. Ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. In Whoa. 1659, lawmakers of the Massachusetts Bay Colony issued... Shout out to the Bay. Shout out <laughs> to the Bay. They brought us Bay seasoning. Thankful for that. Probably. Big fan of their leaves. Yeah. Issued an edict outlawed... Uh, uh, white too short is also from Massachusetts Bay. <laughs> Just spells it with the regular S and the dollar sign. Yeah, no dollar sign. <laughs> yeah. uh, they issued an edict outlawing the observance of Christmas and other, quote, superstitious holidays. Yeah, Christmas is a pagan holiday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were Puritans. It's and they, co-opted. They found... And we just took it. You know, it's like, it's like when coffee beans started doing the flat white. They're just trying to get in on it and make a buck. <laughs> they, uh, they found things like feasting and gift giving to be ungodly. So they banned Christmas. It lasted. That ban lasted 22 years. But Christmas survived. It's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone has been known to be a party pooper in America, it was the Puritan settlers in the 1600s. Those people left England because they thought the English were too too lollygagging, yeah, <laughs> too, yeah. right. too crazy with their like they, they were like, like oh we're gonna you're gonna allow divorce. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. They're like America's RAs. They're like, it's 9 o'clock, all right? That party better get pretty quiet over there. <laughs> Don't make me clack my buckled shoes over to your room. Yeah. <laughs> I never lived in a dorm, so I, I couldn't. That was a good sensory detail. <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have dorms at the community college I went to for two years. And I was shocked. I Nor really the one I went to for a semester. Mm. I, I lived for one semester. It's fine. Communal bathrooms are not really my favorite. Mm, fuck thing. that noise! <laughs> I would not. Yeah, I, don't, I would I, not be able to do it. I don't really want to hear someone shower if I can help it. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to share a shower with that many people. Oh, fuck it! It's why I don't go to the gym. Showers. 
Mm. I'm glad that's not why. I'm glad you drew your all. line in the sand. I never yeah. showered at the gym in my life. I probably never will. I actually have uh, a lot of times because I used to like when I was working day jobs. I would stop on the way home, go to the gym, and I didn't want to fucking drive home all gross. Oh yeah. Or I'd sometimes work and then go to the sh- go go to the gym and go like sit somewhere and write and shit. Yeah. You don't want to be gross. But also showering at the gym's gross. Anyway, that was a weird way to end this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody. But yeah. we have ended it that way nonetheless. Happy Christmas can go fuck itself. Say Merry or nothing, you know? I, I, I just, I love it for that one Harry Potter scene. Happy Christmas, Harry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy Christmas, Rune. That's pretty delightful. Yeah. Right, it's, I, it, it's pretty... I, I rescind my remarks. <laughs> <laughs> I like a good uh, Happy Crispix. Anyone fucking with that cereal no i don't know if they make it anymore it was like corn checks but a little better i enjoyed it when there's I a it. sour patch kids cereal coming out and tom's favorite thing to do with tom goss's favorite thing to do in the world is get high and eat sour patch kids so he's like waiting for the cereal to come out like it's a new xbox i've <laughs> heard like, about it it's yeah. gonna be at all the walmarts on the 26 we gotta go would you take me i want to eat it in the car i'm bringing my own milk should i go two percent or whole I, I let's go whole i want to treat and i'm like tom this is gonna taste like a bowl of kindergartner puke like it's gonna be the a sour cereal is gonna suck so bad <laughs> oh man it's, it tastes like the milk is spoiled already yeah yeah <laughs> so this episode is coming out on the 14th of february so uh what do we have to plug the 14th of february uh you know what i meant december yeah. okay jesus <laughs> but to say valentine's day we're doing christmas but wow that would have been uh e- this episode <laughs> comes out december 14th Edit break. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have to plug before we get out of here? There's a live Unpops podcast and New Year's Eve party, December 29th. Oh, at fuck the yeah. Hollywood Hotel. Uh, we haven't decided what we're doing for it. Uh, we'll figure that out. Or By the time this goes up, it will have been figured out. So check our Twitter yeah, for stop by details for about that. Yeah, you should. We'll have you on the show if you want to do it. Sure, yeah. Yay, Connor's on it. And yeah. Caitlin Cut. We have uh, confirmed her also. So it's going to be a strong lineup. Um, and uh, also, patreon.com slash unpops. Sign up and get bonus con. Bonus, bon- bonus, bone con. Bone con. Bone con. Oh. Which I, I actually moderated a panel for this year at Bone Con. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was adjusting yeah, the yeah. seating very, very conspicuously. Well, if you, if you want to see me, uh, I'm, at, uh, I'm at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach on December 21st, co-headlining with Keith Carey. That'll be a lot of fun. And then the, uh, the 28th and 29th, I'm doing the Windsor Comedy Festival somewhere in Canada. Uh, I forget what city, but I'm flying into Detroit and then driving up. So if that helps you narrow it down, uh, if you want to come see me in Canada. And then the next week I'm at Laughs Unlimited in SAC. And the week after that I'm at the Madhouse in San Diego in January. So if you're uh, if you're any of those uh, places, SAC Town, uh, San Diego, come say hi. I will hang out with you if you'd send me a DM and let me know you're going to be there. Is Windsor, Ontario? I think so. I think it so. is Ontario, yeah. yeah. So that'll be cool. Nice. And uh, if you want to follow my podcast, it's called The Late Night Podcast with Stuart and Luke. It's uh, We have our live talk show the last Saturday of every month at the Improv Lab. So go to the Unpops uh, New Year's Eve party and then stop by The Late Night Show at 11 p.m. at the Hollywood Improv. Uh, that's 
at the L Eight Night Show on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, yeah, I um, hear those shows are super fun. It's been great, man. It's been we had a, we had a good show uh, this, a couple few days ago. Right? Yeah, you guys have good chemistry because you you just have perfect posture, and yeah. Luke is just like a cantankerous shithead, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that's the best dynamic. That's the oldest fucking dynamic in Kyle. It's fucking it's wonderful. It's fun. Yeah, yeah I, I try to run an honest show, and Luke interrupts it. That yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> that is how, but yeah, if you want to see me live, uh, I'll be. In, I have a couple uh, Bay Area stops. I'm going to be at the Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco, the 13th through the 15th. So this will be coming out right when I'm up in San Francisco. I'll also be at the Throckmorton Theater. Make sure you bring uh, some some newspapers to put on on the puddles of hobo piss you'll have to wade through (laughs) to get to the club. Yes. uh, (laughs) But it is a great, great room for comedy. Yes, it is. Uh, I'll also be at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley and at SF Sketchfest on uh, January, I believe it's in the... The twentieth and the twenty first. Nice. Also, if you're the guy who scratched my rental car uh, when I did the Throckmorton a year and a half ago and cost me a hundred like thousand dollars on Turo, <laughs> uh, suck my dick. If you're out there and you're listening, you go to hell. <laughs> yeah, go see Stuart there. It's a good show. Yeah, December eighteenth at eight p.m. All right, let's get out of here, Stuart. Say goodbye. Bye, y'all. Connor, say goodbye. Fuck Christmas. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.